spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Ambien from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on beginning of the 2016 and as of speaking has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on Spoken Label full stop bandcamp.com although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish i am always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable to me to keep the running costs of this podcast going and enjoy take care bye-bye spoken label hi guys and the end spoken label back in the house on sunday afternoon got a lovely lady with me today as well that's uh, i think she lives in the wivington area i know she definitely works around that way so lol do you want to tell people no. obviously don't know you where you're originally from where you are now and what's the answer of your creativity we'll take it from there yeah um i'm originally from just outside of liverpool in nosley um but i moved to manchester about six years ago and manchester's where i found my feet doing spoken word a couple of years ago now um and my my creativity started i started writing about 10 years ago um it's predominantly an outlet, so it's things that usually it's things that upset me, things that make me angry, and things like that. And I'll get it out of my system through writing poetry. But these days, I've realised that that can can be a bit of a drag when you, especially when you get like a twenty minute set off someone and you just whinge but rhyme it for twenty minutes. Um, so I've started trying to put some more fun stuff into my sets. I so, think that's, yeah. a, that's a good natural evolution that we do in that we do performing yeah. anyway, because I've got, got like, I've got <laughs> tundra winged stuff. I'm probably like you have, but I do it, yeah, it's how you how you approach it sometimes. You can have fun with the audience yeah. as well. Now you mm. were telling me before that obviously um poetry's not been your first creative outlet, was it? Because no, you told I me as I interested you were you've been in punk bands before as well, haven't you? Yeah, so, years ago. Uh, yeah, years ago I was. I play bass guitar. I've been playing bass guitar since I was 16. Um and I can sing a bit. But I've I've fell into poetry. It was more a personal thing. It was inside hmm. inside of a notebook. It was for me to get my thoughts down. Um and when I first started, um me and my dad actually ended up bonding over it a little bit because my dad used to write limericks and little bits oh, and pieces. Oh, yeah. um, so I showed him some stuff and he put me on Sir Charles Bukowski because oh, my stuff great, was quite... Great choice. Yeah. So my, my early stuff, without me knowing it, because I was just I just write how I feel. I, I don't really write with a specific um, structure to it. 
it's just how how I feel like it should be down. So um, he put me onto Charles Bukowski, and my, my early stuff was quite similar. In, in writing style. Have you read, writing, is it just his poetry read? Have you read any of his novels as well? I've, re- I've got all of his novels. I absolutely adore his writing. I, oh, yeah. Fact, fact told to him, Post Office are one, two of my favourite novels. Yeah, yeah, Polly Wood and Rye yeah. and all that. The first two in particular, because I, I think they just, you can see what a character he was in real life. Mm. Even though I've got mixed feelings whether some of it's true, I think there's definitely a few lies there. there's definitely some fabrications, but, you can tell that he's sort of, he's definitely lived a colourful life, didn't he? Yeah. Definitely did. And um, I think some of the fabrications might just be slightly uh, slightly enhanced versions of what he actually went through, I think, to be yeah. honest. No, it's different. And his poetry, I can, his poetry is quite, it's interesting, interesting structure, because a lot of it is like he's riffing off himself all the time, where yeah. there's tons of improvisation, and he's just letting the pieces flow. Yeah, I think I've actually got I've actually got a line of his of his poetry tattooed on my arm. Oh yeah! Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, see if I can show you now. One yeah, yeah, it's audio only, so I have to get you to read it out for us. But yeah, it, oh. says, it says "rats in the gravy of two gone quite mad," and it's a line from "For Jane," um, with all the love that I had, which was not enough. And that's my favourite Bukowski piece. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair play. No, fair play. I know Jane was certainly one of his, probably his first real love actress, she was. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, why yeah. it's the most, the most tragic as well, really, what happened there. And, oh, well, brilliant. Brilliant. Now, okay, so I take it then, obviously, did you, how did you find it after the, obviously, I know you say you can, you do poetry as your, your preference now then. Mm-hmm. But I'm always a believer when you're doing one art form moving to another. It's easier in some ways, I think, because I you've trained your brain, haven't you? Really, in a different way to be creative. Yeah. I've always been a creative person. Like um, before, I went into barbering because um, I've been barbering for fourteen years now. Before that, I did art and design A level, oh. and the only, the only reason I did art, I did I stopped doing it and didn't go to uni was because the uni fees tripled, and I just yeah. didn't want to get in that type of debt. Like at the time, it was it was scary because I was that year where it where it switched from three thousand a year to nine, and it was quite daunting. All of a sudden, one year was going to cost me what the whole of the university was going to cost me in the first. No, thing. no, so it's understandable. Understandable went, the, debt, the way debts have gone nowadays, and that I know people have got forty grand debts on that. Yeah, never going to pay and I it. just my brother, who's a lot older than me, his debt was sort of different, where you had to pay it no matter what you were earning. So. I didn't want to put myself in that position. I was quite scared. So I went and got myself a trade, but I've always had my hand in something creative. We've got a lot of creative people in my family, uh, painters, carpenters, musicians, singers. Like I say, my dad used to put put uh, pen to paper and write limericks and stuff. So it's always been part of me. And I think our, our brains are sort of wired more towards the creative side of things, but I think I'm the first person in my family to be getting up on stage and being brave and telling my poetry to crowd. So I'll tell you that now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, you were telling me, obviously, before you've just celebrated, haven't you, as, as of recording, because mm-hmm. we're recording in November, of your second anniversary, actually, performing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now, tell us about, then, the first one. Then. I always like, if people like yourself, a reason, so, reason we knew, not necessarily to performing, to actually yeah. get on stage, because we, we lost 18 months on lockdown, really. Yeah. So. Um, so what happened was, I've got this friend called Olivia, and we we 
were having a bottle of wine and I felt a little bit loose and I showed her a poem and it was just between us. It was just in, in my room. We showed her a poem and uh, we went out on a night out a, f- a couple of weeks later or something and we bumped into Skittles from Levels uh, and he puts on an event called Saying in Manchester. And uh, but at the time, at the time, saying hadn't had its first event yet. And Olivia was like, go on, show Skittles that poem. And I didn't know who Skittles was at the time. (laughs) I had no idea who he was. Right. And I showed him this poem. Thinking nothing of it. And next thing I know. I had a slot at the first saying event because Next next minute he was hosting a spoken word event and I was like, oh, okay then. And I don't think, if it wasn't for that, just that sort of chance moment, I don't think I'd have actually started performing. Um, a, lot of it, a lot of it is that sort of thing. It is, it is chance because my story, like, was very similar to yours. Because I ended up studying, mm. well, maybe probably been the age of your brother. The, th- the fees I got for university were no one knows as high as what yours were. And I packed it in after that. Mine was a creative writing degree. And yeah, I wow. ended up bumping into somebody some years later, about five years later, who taught me into going to join a creative writing group. And then I ended up performing it a year later. And it's just, look, it's everything. It's chance, really. So. Sorry, I accidentally muted my mic then. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I... I fully agree. It's all. It's usually is by chance, and the ta- and the talent helps. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah, but I think talent. It, I, the way I always look at poetry, you're probably going to find when you get your first couple of gigs out of the way, you get more yeah. confidence in yourself on it, and then you start your work will. I think will improve when you realise what you can get away with performing. And have you found that oh, over definitely. time yourself? Then. Yeah. So the first, my first performance, I did one piece. I, I got one piece out and um my knees were knocking. you can't you can't tell on the footage, but I remember my knees shaking uncontrollably and my pauses felt like they lasted about two hundred years on stage. And when you watch it back, it's actually about two seconds. Like when you pause and people think oh, people really overthink it, and it's like actually it just sounded like an artistic pause. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, since then, I've, I find it I find it a lot easier to read the crowd for what sort of poetry is going to go down well. I find it a lot easier to do that because I've got a lot more material under my belt as well, like spoken word style material. And I, f- I find that my... My confidence has grown, definitely. I, I definitely don't get up there with shaking knees anymore. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's, 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 it's just believe yourself, definitely. And I've seen a couple yeah. of like, full like, long live sets you've done online and stuff, and it's mm. you can see straight away to go and do 20 minutes like that. That's yeah. when it starts getting harder. Because I think there's always a yeah. big difference between doing five minutes, saying anywhere, doing yeah. 20 minutes and doing more. That's when it gets yeah. harder and harder. No yeah, it was about. quite daunting. It was quite daunting, my first 20 minute set. Um, it was actually for a poet called Leon the Pit. His name's Jack Horner. Yeah, I know Jack. Leon Jack Jack's, Leon, been on, yeah. Jack's been on there before he has. And yeah, I've got, a, I've got a story about I've got Jack's storage pad to tell you about Jack, and he won't mind me telling you this either. Because um, his first real reading was at Speakeasy. The oh, night wow. I come run, yeah. And Bab. 
Yeah, he, I'm not going to say he even went on stage calling him someone with his real name, which is neither of those names, right? No, <laughs> but, Liam the pig farmer these days. <laughs> yeah, it's not Liam and it's not Jack, that's all I'm going to say, right? So neither right, of those okay, two. So, okay. But um, he went, and he, I remember him walking on stage with two pints of beer in his hand, <laughs> one in each hand, and he put one down, drunk one in front of the full audience, and I read his first poem, drunk the second one, and went, and I did his second poem off stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's very energetic on stage, and he like he actually performed the first. So I um actually run an event myself oh, called yeah. Mal, um, and I had I, I put the first one on on the eleventh of March, twenty twenty, and then we went straight into lockdown, oh. and I just felt a little bit um. I felt a little bit scared of you know navigating COVID restrictions and things like that, so um. I've actually just started uh, arranging the next event to be put on. I'm going to have it back on at the uh, the Rose and Monkey in town on Swan Street in is Manchester. Swan Street? Is it Swan Street, that one? I was trying to, work, trying to remember yeah. where that was. Yeah, I have been you there You can before. get to the back of it from behind Tib Street, where the residential bit is, where the beer garden is, but it's at the front of it's on Swan Street next to the band on the wall. Um, but, yeah, I'm quite excited about that. But he, he performed the first one of them. That's where I met him. He's just got so much energy on stage. But, yeah, the first 20-minute set that I did was actually at his book launch. He's oh, quite gener- He's quite wow. generous with his sets, you see. He, he likes a longer set, does Jack. So, so yeah, I got up and did 20 minutes. But at first I was like, I, can I fill 20 minutes? But, yeah, like, it does, it trips you up at first and you think, oh, God, can I do that? And then once you get into the swing of it, it's actually not too bad. Yeah, I agree. I think also, mm-hmm. well, as a 20 minute set, that's where you get your start on to really push yourself as a performer. Yeah. Because it's just you and your the voice. You've got, yeah, you've got to keep the audience entertained then. Otherwise, I think I'm much after five or 10 minutes, if it's just you, unless you're very, very good at what you do. Yeah. The audience will switch off somewhat. They will definitely. So. Definitely. That's something that I actually purposefully work on. Um, so. I'm I'm quite so in school, for instance, in high school, if my teacher was very monotone, I'd accidentally switch off and I'd, my mind would start wandering. Right. So I want to purposefully, just in case there's someone a bit like me, stop that from happening. So my spoken word, I tend to switch my rhythms up quite a lot and sort of keep your brain into it and keep your, keep your mind active in my poetry because my rhythms have switched a bit. Mm. No, no, I agree completely. You do like a lot of it is, is how you project it's projection, really. No, definitely like, good luck with that. Definitely so. I wasn't aware you were actually relaunching your night mouth as well. I don't I didn't know that was your night, actually. I don't I knew of the night, certainly. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, see, tell us about mouth then. What's the objective of oh. your night going to be then? Now he's restarting again then. The whole objective is so there's been a few I'm not gonna name any names at all because I, I don't like doing that but there's been a few events come up um with promoters that are usually london based and they're coming up and sort of charging poets on the door ticket prices when they should really not be doing that because they're the artist um i don't feel it. comfortable with that so and and they they tend to uh, work on the pretense that they've got overheads with the venue, and also they've got the charge of somebody recording you and doing some footage. So I thought, do you know what? Just in case there's other people like myself out there, which I'm sure there is, that don't want to pay to play and don't believe that that should be the case, 
I'm going to put mouth on, but it's going to be completely free. Like it's not, it doesn't make me any money. I'm not, I'm not in, in, I'm not putting my event on to make me any money. So it's completely free for anyone that comes down, whether you want to bring your mum or whether you're on a date and you want to show off with some poetry in front of them, nobody has to pay. Just please buy a beer at the bar so that the bar can keep putting me on. Oh, God, yeah. We're like that, yeah. we're, we're like that to be easy as you're going to discover yourself in December. Like, mm-hmm. There's no charge on it, and the venue give it oh. to free. I think the yeah, venue like us to have lots of people in there to give an atmosphere and also to mm. at the bar. You do, but well, it's... Well, I've managed as well, so I thought, I'm going to do exactly the same thing but for free. So I've managed to actually find someone to record some footage for everyone as well, at least try and get a poem of everyone's there so that I can give the artist some some good quality footage of them performing. Um, and I managed to get in touch with some students for it because I thought, you know, it's portfolio work for themselves for filming at events and it ha- it gets my the poets and some um, some decent footage. So, yeah. No, good, no, good, good. What part? What other? What other directions would you like your creativity to go in next? And do you have any sort of plans in mind or ideas? I am hoping there's uh, been a new publishers um, startup. A uh, uh, woman that I know from the Liverpool neck of the woods called Rebecca Kenny. Uh, her and name's she, come up. Her name's come up three times to me in the past two weeks. Actually, I want to be yeah, in touch yeah, with her. I'm yeah. in touch with her she, soon. She's one to watch. I'm telling you, her poetry's fantastic. Um, and she's recently just been in a bit of an accident. She's been in a bit of a car accident, she and broke, it's just she broke her back or something. It broke her back today. Yeah. yeah, I don't know much about it, so I won't talk. I won't talk too much on it because I'm not too sure. I don't want to get any details too wrong. But it sort of seems to have like put some some rockets in her boots and she's just gone boom and just started like really working towards some amazing stuff and she's she set up a publishing company called bent key publishing and i'm hoping soon to be in talks with them about maybe publishing something but that's that's a, a maybe right now i would love to get some of my work in a book i'd absolutely love to have a book of my work put together so that that's that's my, that's my aspiration for the future there when it comes to my poetry as someone that's dyslexic if I had a book out I'd, it, yeah it definitely made my mum and dad very proud <laughs> oh it will be I meant to ask you before about your dyslexia because yeah I, as you said off mic before I'm dyspraxic so mm-hmm. tell us then obviously with dyslexia then when did you find out about that was it was it very when early was, in life when I was six years of age, I found out I was dyslexic. You were lucky. You were lucky. I was twenty-eight. Um, I found out. So I mean, I was I was lucky, but I wasn't at the same time. The primary school that I went to wasn't very good with it. I was actually being bullied by my teacher at the time um, for not being not understanding the work and things like that. She was actually like, she'd give everyone in the class a lollipop and then get to me and just not give me a lollipop because I hadn't done the correct work. Um, and my mum actually really had to fight to get me checked for it. And I was about six years of age. Uh, they didn't actually statement me for it. And they said I was they, they said I was more towards being borderline, but that I was quite bright. And um, they didn't want to statement me in case I got stuck in the bottom set in school, in high school. Because they said, if you get challenged correctly, we can see her actually doing quite well. But she's got learning difficulties. So I had to go to all these different classes and learn how to spell and how to read better and things like that. 
it was only around that time that I actually learned how to spell my first name. Imagine oh. giving a dyslexic child an eight-letter first name. It's a joke, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, in my case, Andrew Andrew became Andy very early on. Yes. Yeah. The same yeah, reason. came lol as soon as it was, I was there, uh, as soon as I could, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. What made you want to go lol then? So, obviously, I knew, I knew, you, I knew your full name was Lorraine, obviously, but... This is actually... I'm, I'm really glad you've asked, to be honest. So basically, I'm named after my auntie Lol, ah. and auntie, my auntie Lol was a Lorraine as well. And unfortunately, my auntie Lol's no no longer with us. She passed away when I was 13, but she was absolutely my best friend in the whole world. She was absolutely the best person I've ever had in my life. Like, you know, except for like my mum, obviously. Um, and. She, it took it took quite a long time for people to start actually calling me lol after she'd passed. And when it started happening, obviously, by this point, it meant laugh out loud. So I stuck an extra L on the end just in case people get confused and, and ran with it. Because uh, to me, being given her name is probably one of the best compliments I've ever got. Oh, so, uh, no, it's good. It's good, to, it. it's good tribute to that. Definitely not been the case, mm. and I'm, I'm sure she'll be proud of it. And I'm not patronising. I know what people are oh, like. Oh no, no, I, I, I hope so. I really do hope so. You can tell straight away when people talk to you. Like, it's the first time we've talked, and I can see I've got a good idea of what you like as a person already, because mm. I'm pretty stupid like that. I definitely know. I can see she's got that sort of person. That you're a genuine, honest person, and she'll yeah. love you for it. So definitely that. So right, Lo, well, that's pretty well covered. Everything I want to ask you today on the chat side okay. things here. We'll do the wrap-up now. So okay. if people want to find out more about you, where yeah. are the best going? So I've got um, I've got an Instagram, and it's lol, so L-O-L-L underscore 1989 on Instagram. And I've also got a TikTok. It's lol, so L-O-L-L. Oh, you're on TikTok? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit strange. I'm, I'm still getting to grips with it, but that one is lol, so L-O-L-L dot poetry. I know, I know, I know what I've had two people on there very recently. I've been on just doing TikTok for various reasons, and I know they've had very mixed experiences. Yeah, so, what's your experience? What I've been liking that so far. Um, sometimes you whack a video up and it'll get four views, and sometimes you whack a video up and it'll get over a thousand views in a couple of days. So, it's like it's a bit strange, but I think it really depends what time of the day you post and things like that. and the, the feed on it's a bit strange. I'm still getting used to it, like I say, but but yeah, it's it's good for getting initial views and things like that and, pe- and getting people interested in your poetry. You might as well try it. It's another platform to just have a go on. Do you know what I mean? So, and, you know, if you if you do spoken word especially, and there's, there's ways as well to put your poem up written and just to speak over the top of it. So you don't really necessarily need to have your face on there or whatever, but it's a good way of getting your poetry out there and getting it into into people's people's ear holes. <laughs> I like that word ear holes. It's something I've got to look at in the new year myself. I must admit, I'm just I'm just it's just going to get time sometimes. I, I know what you mean, brilliant. Now, do you want to mention obviously your your, your hairdressing account and Instagram as well? If people want to book yeah. you with a hairdressing appointment as well for professional reasons, um, yeah. <laughs> Why not? So that one is L O L underscore Barber eighty nine. Yes, I've seen. I saw that when I was researching the event. I thought, oh, you've got two and a half. I better make sure you get both yeah. of them mentioned today as well. So that's it. <laughs> right. Anyway, guys and girls, that's the end of part one. So obviously, hang around because the lovely lot was going to do 
a few pointers in the second half. So thank you, Dave. It's been grateful. Really enjoyed this. So thank you. Thanks for having me. We'll see you all in a minute. Spoken, mate. Hi, guys. Yeah, we're still it. It's time for me to take a break now. And the lovely Lowell's going to do three pointers. Over to you, my friend. Okay, so. The first poem that I'm going to do for you is called Depression, and it is about my mental health. I tried to just write a super duper rhymy poem, and it turned into a, a poem about depression because nothing that I usually ever write is ever any less than bleak. <laughs> so here we go. <clears throat> I'm depressed and distressed, but I'm dressed. I've got text that I'm dressed to impress. Nonetheless, I must digress that I regret my dress and I look a mess. I've got no personality. The lack of me about me makes me weep. I remember who I used to be before the tears and screams and fears and things, but alas, that's the past and I'm past caring about the last scary twat. No take backs, just a rematch. Sometimes I want to take myself outside and twat around the eyes because I despise the way she whines and defies the way I beg for demise. But it's live because she strives, but I stay behind niggling at her mind. No bruises round her eyes, just food around her mouth and hair under her snout and a wonky botch pout. And I see all her impurities and all her deepest insecurities. But I'll wait until she sheds tears before confirming fears about the size of her ears as she clears that 13th beer. And that concludes my first piece. Fantastic. What a, what a rhythm you got on that piece. I heard <laughs> that one. I've heard some of your pieces. I didn't know that one. No, it's got, you've got a really good rhythm on that one. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. So, this next piece now, I, I've tried to interject some funniness into my sets because you don't want to just be whinging about depression every time. So, um, this one is called Funny Insults. You are the epitome of unwanted tickles. You're the elastic snapping in my best pair of knickers. You're a distinct lack of nuts when you bite into a Snickers. You are toxic high school hallway sniggers and whispers. You're the swollen bearing in a skateboarder's wheel. You're the way teeth on polystyrene feels. You're the way a faulty brake pad screams and squeals. You are skipping your favorite fucking meal. You're asking a vegetarian if they can eat wafer-thin ham. You're never offering anyone a hand. You are a sock full to the brim of beach sand. You are sitting on the sidelines and never having a dance. You're a spot coming up when you've got a first date. You're the nerves that you feel when boarding a plane. You're the fart during yoga that loudly escapes. You are worse than a month full of period pains. You're a red letter when you fucking skint. You're a lighter without any flint. You're the skin that a horsefly just recently bit. You are my enemy, my worst nemesis, and you are not worse. How brilliant this poem is. Thank you. Oh, tremendous. Absolutely tremendous, that one. Yeah, I can, I can relate to one or two people with those sort of insults, definitely. So. <laughs> Definitely yeah. that one. Brilliant. If you've got a partner that's always a bit too quick during an argument, you get a pen and paper, write a few of them down. It'll help you out. <laughs> oh, no, don't worry about that. No, I, don't, I don't ride with the wife very much, right? So we're, 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 we know who's boss. <laughs> it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, um, Lot. Over to the big conclusion now. Then. Yes, so I wouldn't be me if I didn't whinge about the Tories. Um, they're probably my my least favourite people. Um, so this, if everyone remembers that 
disgusting campaign that came out just just to believe at the end of lockdown one or in between lockdown one and two about asking creatives to retrain um and you know the campaign was a poster with a, photo a photograph taken by a photographer on it of a ballet dancer and the poster itself was made by a graphic designer so i don't feel like you could get any more hypocritical than that campaign but here is my reaction to that as a creative. You must be out of your brain if you think I'll retrain. I've got three side hustles and a trade, and I still make time in the day to create you wastes. You need to get your noses out of child pornography and listen properly to what we're offering. Your life of sin has got us boiling under our skin, akin to torturing, and it's boring me. And if I went to my mum's today, would people stare in dismay and call us names? Would my mum be okay? Or would she decay but still have a fine to pay off the back of track and trace? Would we be allowed to carry on? Because we don't know what's right and wrong until Boris tells us on the box. The same man who called a Muslim woman a letterbox, I kid you not, he made a brew and laughed it off the fucking toff. Because there's a virus that kills less than the flu. And it's imprisoning us in our rooms, cocooned in a blanket of doom, worried for the future, but still eating too much food. While you flit off and hunt down foxes, wearing awful outfits, which, by the way, were designed by an artist. Ratted, have you got 30 mates to go with to start with? While we're still in our group of six and can't even go and get a pick and mix without wondering if death will come of it, it's a crock of shit. You've never given nothing but pain and dismay with your blue ties and chess games all year, shagging dead pigs' heads in your PJs and burning £50 notes in a man's face. You're a disgrace. No money for the working class because we've got to work for that or pedal back, retrace steps and face the facts that our government has never had our backs. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you voted the Tories in, we can't be friends. Someone that stupid could be a detriment and you drive me round the bend trying to talk sense to you. But we've got to carry on grinding hard because all we've got on this island is fry-ups and art. We make the world go round. This is not a farce. I am highly charged. But they've not a creative bone in their body. And you can tell that I'm honest by how they flaunt their wallets, where we would rather be off our fucking bonnets, living life how we actually wanted, not stuck in because Boris actually wants it. I say... Use your common knowledge and do whatever the fuck you actually want to. Don't retrain to work for some uncultured vulture that wouldn't even use your top shelf art as a fucking coaster. Because we are viable. And they are liable. Thank you. Wow. Powerful, powerful way to finish this set off. Yeah. Well, now, I've got to say, obviously, spoken label, obviously, in me cannot necessarily agree or form, completely agree with that, but I can admire your vision on that piece, okay? No That's problem. all I'm say, because obviously I have to keep politics off my personal views on this, but... Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Don't worry well, no, about it. It's all no. my personal view that don't yeah. worry yourself no. at all. No, it doesn't make sure people... I just like no. rhyming about the things that yeah. annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's powerful stuff. No worries about it, right? And I'm always a believer in freedom of expression from podcasts, okay? So oh, tremendous God. stuff today. I want to thank you again today for the long. It's been brilliant. I've really, really enjoyed this. And I hopefully look forward to meeting you in person in a couple of weeks' oh, time. Oh, yeah, actually. of course. All been well, so definitely. I'm so. looking forward to it. Right, we'll talk about that more in a minute. But hang around, obviously. I do need to speak to you off mic. But this has been tremendous today. Thank you again. I've oh. really, really enjoyed this. Thank you. Right.
to conclude, everyone, as I always say with Spoken Label, Don Callis at Impact Wrestling says, stay safe and stay over. And we'll see you all next time. Spoken Label.